0: From baseball's top personalities... The great Chris Russo joins us once again. ...to the game's top players. Joining us is the All-Star. Matt Chapman. with us. You never know what
1: stories you're going to hear.
0: If you make your way down here, I, I might be able to make some time and go out there and see the great
2: Chris Townsend.
0: This is A's Unfiltered with Chris Townsend. Time now for another edition of A's Unfiltered, and it's all coaches. It's going to be Scott Emerson, Ron Washington... And the great Walt Weiss. Scott Emerson, our buddy. We love the pitching coach, the big lefty. Nobody better than Emo. Emo, how are you, buddy? What's going on? Well, you know, we're, we're, we're actually at the Coliseum right now. We're looking out at the field. We had our first uh, big off-season meeting here for the uh, front office, and uh, it's good to be back. It's been a while.
2: Oh, nice, nice! In one of the luxury boxes, or you got in the press box? Where you at?
0: We're we're, we're in our box. The A's cast uh, the box as, as they're actually as we speak right now. They're taking down the tarps on Mount Davis. So uh, as we're speaking, Raleigh Fingers retired number thirty-four will be coming down. So uh, we're we're definitely hitting off-season mode here at the Coliseum.
2: Oh, well, that's that's beautiful.
0: You know, when I think about the off season, what is it like for you? When you think about not only your big league pitchers, your minor league pitchers, to what is that like for for a pitching coach? And and how do you establish what you want to see from these guys in the pose in, in the off season?
2: Well, I, I you know I think uh, first of all you you come home, you get some downtime, and then you, boredom starts to sit a little bit. And then you just get right back on that, uh, you know, that computer. And uh, you know, the computer has a bunch of video, a bunch of has a bunch of uh, our analytics. And you just kind of start breaking down uh, what you can do for each, every individual uh, leading into the next season to get better, in return, get the team better.
0: At what point do you want your guys – to start getting ready? Because I'm sure you want them to to relax and heal and, you know, spend some off time. But at what point do you want them to start throwing again?
2: Well, normally, you know, guys take uh, uh, a couple months off. But, you know, for me, I'm all right with playing what I call, call backyard catch right now. Just keeping the ball moving maybe every other day, every every third day. Uh, you know, pitching year round is 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 not good, but playing, catching, throwing the ball year round, in my opinion, uh, can be good because this is what this guy, these guys do for a living. They they handle the baseball, they want to have it in their hand, that they feel the ball. So I'm all right with uh, those who like to play catch to keep throwing, you know, lightly, keep the arm moving around. But probably uh, the middle of December is when you're really going to start, you know, cranking it up go in uh, maybe four or five days a week playing catch. And right around after uh, January 1st, you're going to start cranking up some bullpens. And guys are going to get between eight to ten bullpens before they show up to pitch uh, out in Mesa, Arizona. Uh, they're going to get to practice, and we're going to start rolling and facing, facing hitters.
0: So when you do your exit meetings with with, with the uh, with the pitchers, whether it's a starter or a bullpen guy, how much do you talk about, hey, I want you to think about this, you know, whatever X is. I want you to think about that during the offseason, and I want you to think on getting better at this. What are those meetings like?
2: Well, normally it's just, you know, one, those meetings uh, – go throughout the whole season you know so there's there's not what you call a formal sit down exit meeting and say you need to do this you need to do that i believe that's what the season's for you're you're constantly in motion trying to tell these guys what they can do uh or what not to do and then you know after thanksgiving is generally when they get the phone call uh after you know uh i talked to our analysts and and we formulate a game plan of what they need to really kind of focus on for the next season or what they can do to get better. So, you know, as far as like exit meetings, we, you know, I really don't have those because I feel like you're communicating with your pitchers day to day to get them uh, uh, to be the best that they can be. So, I mean, those meetings are happening every day.
0: And you think about how, you know, so many things have changed with technology. How much do you want, whether it's a TrackMan, man, Hawkeye, Rapsodo, whatever it is, how much do you want your pitchers working with that kind of technology in the offseason? Well,
2: you know, the ones who understand it, uh, uh, you know, those are good things. Uh, sometimes the technology you know, tells pitchers, uh, well, if you could make these pitches, you'll be a Hall of Famer. We know that that's not, it's not the case, you know. So, technology sometimes, you know, gives false hope, in my opinion, to guys. Uh, the guys are creating the analytics, in my opinion. The analytics aren't really creating the pitcher. You know, we know, you know the guys who got high spin, we know where they can pitch in the strike zone. The guys who got low spin, we know where they can pitch in the strike zone. So my biggest thing is uh, you've got to win the one one count. You want to be successful major league pitcher is you you got to dominate the counts. And if you can't dominate the counts and you give the hitter a better advantage, then you're in trouble. So, you know the technology, in my opinion, uh, is for the coaching staff and for the analytics um, personnel to kind of persuade and lead these guys in the direction. When they start getting you know, the technology in their hand. uh, I've just seen too many guys try to do things that they're really incapable of, uh, but I want them to get better. It's just, you know, that technology and those conversations have to be in the right situation so they can understand, you know, you know, everybody says you want a better curveball, throw it harder. You want a better slider, throw it harder. Uh, You want to take um, RPMs off your changeup, then you can find a way with a different grip but when when players and coaches for that matter that don't understand how that technology works that can be more harmful than good so but we got some guys who who, who really uh, are into it and that's when you know I'm talking to them a little bit more in the off season about their data and uh, when they're trying to create something different uh, but it's always good to be in the loop cuz you don't want them coming back You know, I I think if I can remember correctly, when Barry Zito went to the Giants, uh, he came back one year with just a totally different delivery than he had the year before. And those are things that we don't want. So it's always good to be in good contact with our guys and understand, you know, what they want to do and what we want them to do as well.
0: You know, if I remember correctly, this guy, Tom Brady, um, there's been quarterbacks who throw the ball harder, they throw it further. They run faster. But for some reason, this guy just keeps winning Super Bowls. So, at, at what point do you sometimes look at your picture, your pictures, and say, "Stop telling me about your numbers and tell me how you compete and how you win"?
2: Yeah, I mean that, that's always that's always you know what we're looking for. You know, uh, I had a coach tell me years ago in, in a meeting uh, he was addressing the team. We weren't playing so well. And he said, I don't want to hear it. I want to see it. Don't tell me, show me. And, uh, you know, we can talk about a lot of things. We can look at things on paper or the data. But at the end of the day, our guys just got to go out there, pitch, compete, and do the things that come natural to them as well. And I'm telling you, we've got guys who go out there, they want the baseball, they compete each and every night, and they get better. You know, you look at uh, Frankie Montas, Sean Manana, Chris Bassett, uh, Irvin, our whole starting staff, Caprillian and, and, you know, Yismiro Petit is sustainable, Guerra, and all those guys, Lou Trevino. Those guys did an amazing job this year of going out there and competing and competing and competing. Jake Diekman, every, every, you know, guy on that, that staff, in my opinion, they gave it what they had each and every night. And and that's fun to see.
0: Yeah. How proud were you that your starters gave you the most innings in major league baseball this year?
2: Well, I mean, I think that's, you know, one, I don't think we used more than 30 pitchers this year. I think that's a, a testament to, you know, our, our performance team, Josh coffee, Nick Paparesta and their guys, even our guys on the field, uh, know we're always monitoring their bullets and how much they're throwing and whether they should throw a bullpen whether they should not throw a bullpen you know to to get guys 32 starts in the season it's great they have three of them that that and a fourth that could have done it if he if he didn't get hurt uh, by the line drive at Bassett uh it was awesome to see you know I mean you know starting pitching in my opinion still important and uh you know, as good as your starters are, makes your bullpen better, makes your team, in my opinion, better when those starters can go more innings and you got the right mix coming out of that bullpen. Well,
0: I, I, I got to tell you, Emo, when when I'm watching these playoff games and I'm seeing guys start the game and they go maybe three innings, it's just like, what are we doing here? How tough is that for you as a pitching coach? To watch what we've seen in the postseason, when basically starters aren't really giving you anything.
2: Well, you know, uh, in my opinion, if if you're if you're doing that in the playoffs, shouldn't have you been doing that during the regular season? But some of these teams, that's why they got to the playoffs. You know, maybe you got to realize uh, you get to the playoffs one way, and then maybe you should think about you know how you got there. You know, and you get there by using your starting pitch. I know it was a little bit crazy seeing some guys, you know, uh, pitch one inning, uh, take two days off, start uh, a game, and then start three days. later. I mean, it was just a little bit different uh, for me kind of to watch this. Like, you know, where is your value to your starting pitching? Obviously, some of these guys you value very high because you're bringing them out of the bullpen a couple days later. So – yeah, me. Uh, I'm not. Uh, you know, I'm not saying it's old school, and I'm not saying it's new school. Whatever somebody feels is right should be the right school. But for me, you know, your starters have still got to go out there, and uh, especially in a seven-game series, I would think that your starters go out there, and then your bullpen does its job, and you know, you, you, you see what happens from there
0: you know whenever a starter comes in from the bullpen um, it, it, it can be a lot of fun to watch. It can also be a total disaster and really a disaster for the rest of the series that you're in. Just how dicey is it when you take a guy out of his routine and you're having him do something he normally does not do
2: well I, I think you you in a routine you know uh you know i've always tried to preach to our guys when the phone rings that's when you pitch because i know routines can always be you know moved around a little bit you know you have you got to be able when you're a pitcher to be good enough to have several different routines uh you know especially warming up there's rain delays there's there's uh mike fires the no hitter we don't start the game till after nine o'clock I think it was because the, the lights go out so you got to <laughs> be able as a pitcher to adapt yeah, but uh you know when you're when you're constantly changing routines uh it's not that easy you know you you know you, you got guys who are starters and now you're you're asking them, hey warm up warm up a little faster oh you didn't get the long toss before you warm up so you never know what you're going to get sometimes you've got uh a opener who plays catch maybe at four o'clock. And then all of a sudden he's pitching it at, at seven Oh five rather than at uh, eight forty five. So, you know, guys get ingrained, but you know, the mentally tough pitcher, you know, just takes the ball when they can and they go do their job to the best of their abilities. So, you know, sometimes things change and you just got to be able to, you know, do the best you can.
0: You know that now that you bring it up, that Mike Fiers no-hitter is one of the most fascinating pitch games because, as you mentioned, the light tower went out. We weren't sure if the game was going to get played. I remember looking out at Dave Renetti and, and Dave Cavill, and they brought the Cincinnati Reds people came out, and can we even get this thing done? And to think that he went on to throw a no-hitter, I think you got to say it's one of the most fascinating no-hitters of all time.
2: Yeah, just sitting around, you know, to uh, show up early uh, to wait around for what made it good for Mike. Is You know, he's a veteran. He's been around. He, he's, he's been in those types of situations before, uh, and he just stayed cool, calm, and collected, went out and pitched his game, and uh, did a great job.
0: You know, when you think about bullpens, uh, especially the really successful ones, You're seeing a lot of velocity. What would you like to see next year from the A's bullpen?
2: Obviously, uh, velocity gives you a a little bit better uh, margin of error. Uh, But, you know, consistency in in strike throwing, uh, guys with good breaking balls coming out of that bullpen are are always a plus. You you look at, uh, you know, when you have that good bullpen, generally guys got, pitches coming out of that bullpen some of it's a fastball and the uh exploding breaking ball some of its fastball split change but uh you know we always say you know if if you're not throwing 95 to 100 you just got to command your ball you got to know exactly where you're going that's where you know yusmero petit and Guerra and uh sergio romo came into this year and those guys have got a uh where they can move their baseball and Mm their veterans yeah, so, you know, our, our front office will go out and, and do the best job they can, as they always do, and, and bring us some, some guys, and we just go out and we'll, we'll figure it out. If, they, if they're not hard throwers, you know, hopefully they got good command and, and uh, a plus secondary pitch. And if they're hard throwers, again, hopefully they got good command and a good secondary pitch.
0: When was it in your career where you started looking around going – damn, every throw is like 98, 100 miles an hour. When did you see that flip in velocity?
2: Well, I mean, I can tell you when when I was coaching in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, in 2002, we had six guys 95 to 100. So, you know, you got to remember that that what comes with new technology comes with a little bit different – measurement of how velocity is measured. So, um, you know, I know on a, on a whole, you got more guys uh, throwing harder than ever before, but you, 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 you got more guys getting drafted just based on velocity as well. And then when you get to the big leagues, you know, that pitch ability and velocity still needs to show up. So, but, you know, I just, over probably the last six or seven years, you're just seeing a little bit more guys coming out of those bullpens, you know, uh, letting it rip. But, you know, the sustainability of them, it hasn't been great. And if you look at some team ERAs around the league, uh, they're not getting better. They're actually getting worse. So What comes with velocity, you still got to be able to pitch. And the guys that can pitch are the guys that will stay on the team longer.
0: Can you imagine if you threw 100? Oh
2: jeez, no! I mean, uh, <laughs> me—I'd probably, I'd probably still be coaching at the same age because I, yeah, you know, I probably went out there and tried to throw it as hard as I can and could care less if I threw any strikes. And next thing you know, I'm going to get fired uh, from pitching again. And it probably would have been the same for me. You know, a lot of guys, still throwing. You know, I, you know, I tried to throw it as hard as I could back in the day as well, and you know, my heart as I could wasn't. You know, but ninety two best probably. And that got me out of the game not being able to be uh a good strike thrower. So you I get to learn from the, the other end that you know my best pitch is my pickoff move. <laughs> that's
0: that that's when you know you're in for a rough day. Yeah, yeah. Hey
2: uh what do you got here? You know, you come out to the mound and manager gives you the ball. What do you want to do here? I wanna walk this guy and then pick him off. <laughs>
0: Uh, by the way, when, when, when does your golf game really get rolling in the off season? Is it now? Because uh, I know you know the weather is going to get a little bit colder. But w- w- when when do you start striping it?
2: Yeah, I'm going to start playing uh, here next week. I haven't played. Shoot, I really haven't played in a year. So I got to you know I got to get out there. Uh, I got a couple little tournaments I'm playing in over the next two weeks. So got Or hit some golf balls. I've been, field, I've been fielding a lot of phone calls about my uh, my car warranty, and they keep telling me they're not going to call me again. But I'm getting those calls every other day. <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: I'm like, I'm like, man, I, I, I you guys weren't going to call me anymore.
0: Uh, emo, you're the best. Hey, let's do this throughout the off season. Hey, no problem. Let's go, A's. All right, buddy. Be well. Be safe. All right, I appreciate it. The great Scott Emerson, pitching coach for your Oakland Athletics. Always good to catch up with Emo in the off season. And how about Ron Washington? Well, we now know Ron Washington is a World Series champion with the Atlanta Braves, and we had Wash on during the playoffs. He believed in the Braves, and the Braves got it done. Ron, Hello? how you doing? It's Chris Townsend with the Oakland Athletics. How you doing? Uh, we were just talking about how we're ex- uh, wash how excited we are for you guys. Uh, it, it was a crazy National League East, but what's it like as your group to finally, in the end, win that division and get yourself into the postseason?
3: Well, it was uh, a very pleasant moment because uh, even though we were struggling to get on track, uh, we never lost faith in each other and knew that uh, we were the best team in the East. And um, eventually the best prevailed.
0: Well, no doubt about it. And, you know, I I think about that division and just kind of how crazy it was. There was that time where, like, every single week there was someone different leading, you know, whether it could be Philly. New York led for, you know, quite a while. And then here you guys come. Just talk about just how crazy the division was this year.
3: Well, it was real crazy. seemed like nobody wanted it. And as you mentioned, the Mets and the Phillies, uh, they had a chance to run away with it when we were struggling. But they let us stay around. And to explain to you exactly what that was like, you would have had to been here with us to understand how wild that was. But, uh, you know, all of a sudden our pitching came together. Um, our offense and pitching started working as a tandem. And our defense just went to another level. And we got on a roll and good things happen after that.
0: You know, when I look at this series coming up, this is going to be a pretty good battle uh, with starting pitching. You know, some series were so concerned about the bullpen, but talk about your starters against the, the Brewer starters. This is going to be a good series.
3: Well, hopefully if uh, everything works the way it's supposed to, it will be a low scoring series. Um, You know, we really feel like uh, even though, you know, we had to almost take it to the end to win our division that we are a very good club and we can play against anybody uh, that plays the game of baseball that's left. So um, we're excited and we're looking forward to it. We know what the Milwaukee Brewers offer, but, uh, you know, we offer a pretty good game, too. So um, we just got to go out there, play nine innings, uh, see who makes the least amount of mistakes, see who do the things that need to be done. And when it's all over, we'll see who won.
0: Talk about how Austin Riley really came into this season. And, you know, I, I don't know if he's going to get MVP votes, but just talk about what he did for you guys.
3: He's very special. Um, he's young. You know, I think he's 23 years old. He's strong. He's quick. He has power. Uh, and he has tremendous aptitude. Uh, he learns. He applies. You know, and and I just, a matter of fact, I just finished quoting the MVP. But (laughs) that's what he brings to the table. Uh, He's a special young man um, from a great family, uh, very respectful. Um, Everything you want to see in a kid, um, uh, Raleigh has. And, um, you know, the word on him has been always when he repeats a league that he's ever played at, he was dominant. And um, he repeated the, the major league season this year in 2021. And he didn't dominate the league, but he certainly was one of the better players in the league.
0: You know, you've been to the playoffs so many times, whether it's been as a coach, as a manager. What do you think the key is for a team to have that winning ingredient to win in the postseason?
3: Continue to do the things that the game asks you to do. You know, uh, because usually when you get to this point, uh, the pitching is pretty good. So it's going to come down to who makes the, the most mistakes. Uh, it's going to come down who execute the best. And that's what you have to do in the playoffs to have a chance. You have to take advantage of opportunities when they're given to you. And you have to try to limit the opportunities that you give to the other team.
0: You know, when I think about the Atlanta Braves and I think about that area of the country, obviously – They love football and Georgia and Georgia Tech. And I think about the Atlanta Falcons and, you know, the Braves had so much success for all those years where they won the division for 14 straight years. Now with the new ballpark and the winning that you guys have done, what's it like there for Braves fans? Have you guys taken the town back?
3: Well, I wouldn't say we've taken the town back, but I can tell you this. Atlanta Braves fans are Atlanta Braves fans. Um, It doesn't matter. Uh, They don't come to the ballpark just because you win or lose. They come to the ballpark because they love the Atlanta Braves. That's what I found out in my past five years being here. They are true baseball fans. So if we fortunate enough, we was one game away last year from getting into the world series. If we are fortunate enough to, uh, continue to play baseball the way we play it down the stretch. I think our chances are very good and we may give them an opportunity to hopefully uh, bring a world series here. If not, they know that they did see some tremendous baseball and that's what they come for.
0: And I think you guys got to be thrilled. Freddie Freeman got off to a really slow start, but he finished really, really strong. And when you got your veteran leader, who is is going into the postseason hot like him, you got to feel really good about that.
3: Well, no doubt about it. And uh, Freddie is definitely our leader. And, um, you know, he shows up every day, and he certainly leaves it out on the field. In turn, he gets everyone else that's between those lines and on that bench in the same frame of mind. So uh, you're right. He got off to a bad start. And, you know, that happens in this game. You get off good or you get off bad. And But with his abilities and his know-how and his leadership, uh, he certainly showed these guys through our trying times uh, how to fight. And that's one of the reasons uh, we ended up taking the division back.
0: You know, we always talk about how this really becomes a tournament. And baseball, other than the All-Star break, you'll just get one day off. You know, I there was like, what, we had a 17-game stretch with the A's. We had two 16-game stretches. What is it like now? You're not gonna play till Friday. Obviously you're gonna fly to Milwaukee, but what is it like having this much time off? And what what do you guys do as a coaching staff to make sure that the guys are ready to rock come game one of the series?
3: Well, you know, having these days off, there's certain times that pitchers go to the bullpen and, and work. So what we've done today and we will do again tomorrow and we'll do again Wednesday, uh, we'll have a couple of those pitchers that need to throw, throw live BP. And um, that's the way we keep sharp. We, we run hitters up there. Uh, you know, we're going to do our ground balls. We're going to do whatever preparation that we've been doing. But the offensive side of it, uh, we got our pitchers throwing, and our hitters are swinging the bat off of live pitching, not just BP, off of live pitching. Hopefully uh, the, the, the days that we have off won't affect us that much but we're not the only one. They have the same situation.
0: You know, I think about you and your career. Obviously you love this game, but you also love teaching this game and you never stop teaching. What does that mean to you to show up to the ballpark every single day and guys want to learn and you want to help them get better?
3: Well, you know, that comes from the people that taught me when I was a young player, when I got into pro ball, how to go about your business And, you know, you just keep passing it on. And each year, uh, the major leagues get younger and younger. And these kids are coming up not fully ready. So you have to pass on, uh, you know, the the, the things that was given to you. And now you can become a, a difference maker in someone's life, not only on the field, but outside the field, because you have a lot of conversations other than just baseball. So you become a source and when you got good kids they follow and they want leaders so I've always been a leader so I will continue to lead as long as my brain allow me to lead
0: you know we got a lot of young kids and a lot of ball players who listen to our show and if you could give a word of advice to any of the young infielders and guys who want to you know be great in high school, and they want to either go to college or get drafted, and, of course, everybody's goal is to be a big leaguer, what's the one thing, what's the one advice you'd give to the young kids listening to this show?
3: Well, the only thing I can say is this.
0: Practice,
3: to to be good, that's not why you practice. Practice is what makes you good. So in the game of baseball, and even in life, sometimes you just got to keep repeating things over and over until it becomes a habit. And that's how you form good habits. So practice is something you do to be good. Practice is something you do to make you good.
0: Well, you know what you mean to this fan base. You're always going to be looked at as one of the great A's in this family. You know, uh, let's end on this. Can you believe Steve Vucinich retired? No, I cannot.
3: Uh, (laughs) Now, if you want to talk about someone that loved the game of baseball and the years that he put in, proves that. But, you know, there come a time when that grind uh, just just gets to you. And sometimes, you know, You've been away from your family so much, and you get to that point where it's time for me to start spending my last days, and that could be another 40 or 50 years with my family. So I'm so happy for him.
0: Yeah, he's a wonderful man. But, you know, you know what you mean to the A's family will, uh, will always stand. And we are rooting for you. So, good luck in this series. Good luck the rest of the way. Uh, as you keep going on, we'd love to have you on. And hopefully, uh, you'll help lead those Atlanta Braves to a World Series title.
3: Well, that's my intentions. And that's their intentions. And um, until he's played, none of us will know. But uh, I tell you what, we're a very confident group. And I just want to say also... Um, I'm very, very happy and pleased and any other adjective that I can find to describe the best in something with those A's fans. I love them too.
0: Well, be well and be safe and go get them in Milwaukee.
3: Thank you so much. Take care.
0: The great Ron Washington right here on A's Cast Live. And another former A who is now once again a World Series champion. He was a World Series champion with your 1989 Oakland Athletics. He's an All-Star Rookie of the Year. And uh, what, what a wild ride. How good the infield was with Wash and Walt Weiss teaching all those Atlanta Braves. Here is Walter Weiss. Will now joining us here on A's Cast Live. He's an A's legend. He is a World Series champion. He is an all-star. He's a rookie of the year. The great Walt Weiss is with us, now bench coach for the Atlanta Braves. Walt, congratulations on getting to the NLCS with this club.
1: I appreciate it, Chris. Appreciate you having me, man.
0: And when I think about the excitement of the postseason, just talk about what these series are like.
1: Well, it's like yeah, the, the the game you know it hangs in the balance on every pitch. I mean, it's 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 magnified, you know, twenty times uh, when you compare it to the regular season. It's and you could feel it. I mean, it's uh, the atmosphere is different. It's, it's always electric, but the stakes are high, and um, you know there 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 there's a. And anxiety and the tension that's in the air that I think everybody feels when when, when you're down there uh, in the arena.
0: You know, and how how comfortable does it feel for you guys going into a series where you really got three strong starting pitchers?
1: Well, that's what you need, right? I mean, you need at least three uh, if you're if you're going to go deep into the postseason. And uh, our our pitching staff has really stepped up. You know, our early in the year when when we were really scuffling in, in a number of ways our, our bullpen was struggling um you know we it, it was it was tough to even find roles for guys out there because because guys were, were searching trying to find their way but uh they hit their stride about halfway through the season uh our, our starters took it to another level because really when you look back on it chris i mean uh max Fried and and uh and charlie morton uh, even Ian Anderson didn't get off to great starts this year, uh, and Ian even even end, ended up missing about uh, seven weeks of the season uh, on on the IL. So we we were really spinning our wheels for a long time this year. It's, it's almost a, a tale of two seasons for us, uh, and and it was it was perfect storm uh, type stuff where everything everything started to come together at the same time. Alex Antopoulos, who's done an amazing job here. Uh, did some great moves at the trade deadline. We started to get healthy. Ian Anderson came back. Travis Darnot came back. Uh, uh, our pitching uh, really, really found their way and, and took it to the next level. And uh, so when I look at the season, it, it, it's it's really a it's a completely different team now than than we were say uh, two three months ago.
0: Talk about what we're seeing here in the postseason. I know you you guys are in, in your own world, so you don't get to watch like everything we watch. But we are watching so many quick hooks. As a manager, yeah. as a bench coach, what is that like when you're taking your starter out in the second or third inning, and you've got to cover all those innings with the bullpen?
1: Yeah, it's not easy, Chris. I think I think a lot of it just comes down to your personnel, you know. Um if you If the strength is in your starting pitching, I think you gotta ride it. But you know some teams are are built around their bullpen, especially these days that, that that's one of the ways the game has really changed. But when you're when you're when you're asking you know five, six, seven innings out of your bullpen every night, even in a postseason where there's off days, it, it, it's it's a lot to ask uh, uh, of a bullpen. Uh, to, to be able to go out there and be lights out every night in the postseason. That's why I still think. I mean, I, I think till the end of time, uh, starting pitching is, is still the most valuable asset on a club, and I don't think that's ever going to change. Now during the regular season, you, you can do some things. You can do bullpen days, and and, and uh, you know you can you can get around it over the course of six months. Um, but you, you get into that postseason, man, and I think I think uh you gotta have starting pitching uh that can that can get you somewhat deep into the game so you're not taxing that bullpen on a nightly basis.
0: Can you imagine Tony Larusa trying to take Dave Stewart out after two innings? <laughs>
1: Yeah, hey, hey, we're living in a different world in these baseball circles, I understand. But, but, but you're right. I mean, I, I still think you've got to have horses on that mound. And I think typically when you turn on the TV in October, you're seeing, you're seeing thoroughbreds on the mound for the most part. There's an exception every once in a while. But like I said, it's still the most valuable asset.
0: How electric was it in that stadium? Freddie Freeman goes deep off Hader, Just a little left to center. It looked like that place exploded.
1: It really did. Um, you know, we got a great venue here. You know, we, we moved from, uh, from Turner Field downtown a, a, a few handful of years ago, and, and uh, we got a great location. We, we, we got a just a, a great venue here at the Battery, you know, with all the shops and restaurants. I don't know if you've been here, but, um, you know, there's shops and restaurants and everything right on the grounds here at the stadium, and, and it's just a great place to be. And it, it's – it's, um, you know, I, I played, I played at Turner Field. I played here my last three years when Atlanta and, and during that great run. And, uh, you know, we, 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 uh, we drew good crowds down there, but I, I got to tell you, it, 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 it was nothing compared to what we have now. Um, but that place was bouncing last night uh, on a couple of occasions when Rosario got the, the pinch hit single to tie it up. Uh, of course, Freddie's home run. Uh, and, and and will uh, punching out the last hitter. It, it, that the place was bouncing.
0: Well, it's one of the only ballparks I haven't been to. But whenever I'm watching and I see that chop house out there, and I'm like, <laughs> if that's a steakhouse, and I could sit out there, and have some cocktails, a steak, and watch a baseball game, I don't think you can beat that.
1: Not a bad gig, right? No, they they did a great job here, man. They 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 really did. They killed it when they nailed it when when they put this place in, and uh, you know, they're reaping the benefits of it now.
0: Well, either way, you're either getting 200-game uh, uh, you're, you're winners going tomorrow in the final of the NLDS. I mean, either way, Giants-Dodgers, neither one of them are any day at the beach.
1: No, it's going to be real tough. Um, and look, the, the, the Milwaukee team, uh, maybe they don't, they don't uh, match up with the Giants or the Dodgers offensively. But I got to tell you, the, the, the pitching staff of, of the Brewers was as good as anybody in the game. And so we had our work cut out for us this past series, but what you're right, you're looking at 200 uh, plus uh, wind ball clubs. So it, it's going to be a meat grinder for us. But like I said, you know, we're, we're a different team than we were uh, for most of the season. So, you know, I think we could play with anybody right now.
0: And what do you think about the American league? You know, you got two teams. You think about the Red Sox, you think about the Astros; these are not three true outcome teams. They put the ball in play, they hit for average, and are you seeing that when you get to the postseason, teams that just want to hit home runs, strike out, and walk, they struggle?
1: Yeah, well, I think you know to win it all, Chris, you got you got to be well-rounded. You got to be able to do everything pretty much uh, fairly well. You know, if you if you got any if you got any deficiencies, you got you got holes. It's going to get exposed when you're one of the last teams standing. Um, so, you know, it's one of the things about our, our offense. We, we've, we scored, you know, a lot, high percentage of our runs has, has, have have come by the home run. Uh, now it's nice to have that quick strike offense where you can all of a sudden, boom, hit one in the seats and, and get a point or two. But you're right. I, I think, uh, to win it all, championship-caliber club, offensively, you, you have to be multidimensional. Uh, and I know the game, like, like we said, has changed in a lot of ways, and, and there's a lot of all-or-nothing offensively, but I do believe you, that you have to be multifaceted on offense. You've got to be able to hit the ball from line to line. You've got to be able to manufacture when the game's telling you to because it, it's tough to, to slug the, the horses that are, that are on the mound in October.
0: You know, let's end on this. You know, you think about your great career and then our man, Ron Washington, who will always go down as one of the great infield coaches of all time and what he did with the Oakland Athletics. Just talk about how proud you guys are and how you got that defense playing at this time of year.
1: Yeah, we take a lot of pride in it. Our infield defense, man, has has been unbelievable. You know, Wash, you you guys know well, Wash is is working, uh, he's hands-on every day with those guys. But um, we, we got a great staff here, man. We, we, you know, it's a, it, it's a bunch of baseball guys. I know we're probably a dinosaur in the game these days. But it's all old baseball guys. I think there's a lot of wisdom, and we've, we've used the information and the analytics from upstairs very well. I think we've blended that. It's been a part of our success. But, uh, yeah, Wash, uh, he, 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 he's doing his thing, man. Just like you saw him out there in the Bay, he, he, he's doing his thing here. And our, our infield defense has been incredible.
0: Yeah, we're all dinosaurs at this point. Whenever I'm bringing up batting average and people try to tell me batting average doesn't matter, they make me sound like I'm Clint Eastwood and get off my lawn. (laughs) Hey,
1: You're not alone. You're not alone, man. Keep up the good fight.
0: (laughs) Well, whoever wins between Giants and Dodgers, we are rooting for you guys because of the A's connection. Thank you so much for your time. Good luck, and we hope you get to the World Series.
1: All right, Chris. Hey, good talking to you, man. Appreciate it.
0: Ah, Walt Weiss. Great to have him on the program. The coaches' Edition, really good. Scott Emerson, Ron Washington, and Walt Weiss. Oh, all great Oakland athletics. And two now World Series champions with the Atlanta Braves. We have more of A's cast next right here. Brought to you by iHeartRadio.